Welcome to the James River Church Podcast. You're about to hear another inspirational message from Pastor Brandon Lindell, Executive Ministry Pastor at James River Church. It's our prayer that this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. Tonight, the subject I want to speak to you from is you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And how many of you know when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's going to be refreshing, all right? Who's been filled with the Holy Spirit can testify in this place that way it's a refreshing thing to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the great thing about being filled with the Holy Spirit is it not only refreshes you, but it changes you and empowers you for what God wants to use you to do to reach the lives of people around you. It gives you power. And we saw that vividly on Sunday. We're in Acts chapter 13, and you see Paul and Barnabas, and they're going out. They're being sent out by the Holy Spirit under the direction of the Holy Spirit, and they encounter a sorcerer, and they're trying to witness to this governor of this, on this island of Cyprus, and they're witnessing this sorcerer is just kind of getting in the way. And then you see the results of the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you of what it says in Acts chapter 13. It says this. Then Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said. So what is happening in this passage? They're there. They're trying to witness. They're being antagonized by somebody who is under the power of darkness. And Saul who is called Paul, doesn't even blink in that moment. And it's because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and what happens there, there's a lot of things that happen in this passage. I want to give you a few. He proclaims the gospel with boldness in that moment. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you're going to be bold for Jesus. That's what happens when you're full of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter what environment you're in. You don't have to be in the right environment. You don't have to have somebody being like, you know, I've been thinking about Jesus. You know, they can be in any kind of frame of mind. But when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you have the boldness to speak into the lives of people. Paul does that. What else we see is that he looks into the eyes of the enemy. He looks into the eyes of opposition and he speaks with boldness. He has power that there's not an intimidation that happens. Some of you, that's why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit is because you're in a workplace, you're in an environment where there's opposition, where the enemy's rising up against you, and you need to be able to say, you know, I'm not going to be intimidated by that, but that's not going to be by you working yourself up to that. That's going to be because you're full of the Holy Spirit, and therefore what's inside of you is greater than what's in front of you, and you're able to look in the eyes of the enemy and say, not today, devil, all right? I'm, I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm ready. Paul does that. The next thing you see is he brings God's power into the situation through signs and wonders. He looks straight at that person who's antagonizing and trying to keep this governor from knowing about Jesus. He looks straight him, him straight in the eyes and strikes him with blindness. I mean, that's powerful. And then somebody comes to know Jesus. The next thing you see, the result is people come to know Jesus. That governor gives his heart to Christ. He watches what happens. He says, man, only God could do that. And he comes to know Jesus, but it's all because Saul, who was called, then called Paul, was full of the Holy Spirit. And I think that passage, if you weren't able to hear Sunday's message, I want to encourage you to go on YouTube to watch it, to get it in your heart, because I think it's a great springboard for what we're talking about tonight. And really all through the book of Acts, as we're in power today, 
is the truth that when people are full of the Holy Spirit, it brings power into their life that reaches people for Jesus. That the church in the book of Acts is continuing today. That James River Church, if it's going to be the church God has called it to be, it's going to be because we're a praying church that's full of the Holy Spirit. That as we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're going to see God bring power into workplaces, power into the lives of people that we wouldn't normally see. And so I want to give you a few thoughts just on being full of the Holy Spirit, on why you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to pray and leave time at the end for us to seek the Holy Spirit. Are you excited? Are you ready? Are you ready? You seem ready. You seem excited. At the back stadium, are you excited? Are you ready? Come on. Love the stadium. They're fired up. First, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because Jesus said you need it. All right? I love that. How many of you know that should be enough, okay? Jesus says you need it. That means you need it, all right? Some of you are in here, and you needed to hear that. You needed to be reminded of that because you've said, oh, I don't know if being full of the Holy Spirit is for me. Well, you have to go back to Scripture and say, well, Jesus said I need it, so I probably need it. And I say that in love to say, you know what? Some of you, it's because you grew up with a theological background that the baptism of the Holy Spirit wasn't talked about. Or maybe that was even said, hey, that's not for today. But there's nothing in Scripture that would indicate that that's true. In fact, just the opposite. You know what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit is so needed, and we see it all throughout the book of Acts. And there's no, they're saying, hey, there's no end to this. The church is still going, but the church needs the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, when the power of the Holy Spirit falls in the book of Acts, that's when you see amazing things happen. And when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, that's when you're going to see amazing things happen. And it starts with you saying, Jesus, you said, I need it. Therefore, I'm, I want it. Look at this. Jesus said this in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard from me. There's a few things. You could preach a whole message on this passage, but I just want to briefly point out a few things. First of all, this is so important. Jesus is going to heaven. His hope is in these disciples to reach the world for him. Now, if you and I were doing this, we might not say things like wait. Because we'd be thinking, man, I, I want to have strategy. I want to have a good, I, I want them to be focused. Probably the best time to do that is right when I go to heaven. They'll be the most fired up. And so they need to go now. In fact, he's like, hey, I'm going to go to heaven. You need to start going and telling people about me. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, you know what? Before you're able to do what I'm calling you to do, you're going to need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's so important that I'm going to tell you to wait. For some of you, you need to hear that because when it comes to seeking the Holy Spirit, you're like, man, that's a good thing. And yeah, I probably should do that. But you haven't waited for it. It's not been a priority enough for you to say, you know, what? I'm going to get in the presence of the Lord and I'm going to wait for it. I need this. If Jesus said it, I need it. And he said, wait for the gift. It's a gift from God for you. That God promised, it's a promise. You know, God is a God who does what he said he would do. If he says there's a promised gift for you, then it's there and you can be guaranteed the fact that if you seek God for it, he will give it to you. It's not a matter of if I get filled, it's a matter of when I get filled. 
It's not a matter of, you know, if I seek God, maybe I'll be filled. No, you can be confident, God, you promised it, you said it, so God, I believe you for it. But Jesus said, you need it, so therefore you need it. And I want you to notice this follows salvation. He's talking to his disciples. These are people who believe Jesus is Lord. These are people who walk with Jesus. But yet he's saying, you know what? You still need this. It's a second work following salvation. At salvation, the Holy Spirit takes residence in you. But when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, he fills you. It's a second work following salvation. And every single believer needs it. But I want you to notice this on the promise that whenever God gives us a promise, it allows us to pray with confidence. Look at this. Look at this scripture in 1 John. This is the confidence we have when approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, well, if Jesus said you need it, you know it's his will, right? He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So when you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you can know God heard you and you can have the confidence, God, I know you're gonna do it because I know you heard me, because I know I'm praying your will. And some of you needed to hear that because you needed to know God wants to fill you. God hears you when you pray and God is going to answer your prayer. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because Jesus said we need it. We need it because of the work the Holy Spirit does in us. Look at this. He says this. And while they were saying, he ordered them not to depart Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. You heard from me, John baptized, this is Jesus talking, with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, there's several terms that are used throughout Scripture on being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm just going to give you some of those because they help you understand what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. One of those would be filled, the the term filled with the Holy Spirit, the one we're using a lot during this message. That is the Greek word, when you see it in Scripture, which means to fill a sail. It means to be driven along by the wind of the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're allowing God to drive you. You're allowing God, you're saying, God, I want to be moved by you. God, I want to be under the control of you. That's that term filled. Another one is clothed. You'll be clothed with power. You'll be clothed with the Holy Spirit. Another one is comes upon. That when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, another one is received, receives. This one's interesting because the word used for receive the Holy Spirit is lambano, and it's used 38 times for the word receive in the New Testament and 38 times for the word take, which is as you as you go to seek the Holy Spirit is really important for you to think about because some of you, you're sitting there like this and Lord, I want to receive and there's an action where you go say, God, I'm going to take what you have given me, the gift you've given me. You have to say, there's an action, God, I believe you've given it me, therefore I'm going to take it. The, the term we're looking at is baptize. The Greek word is baptizo. So baptizo, there's two words in the Greek for baptized, and one is baptizo and one is bapto. Bapto is a temporary like dipping. Baptizo is to hold under. Both mean to immerse. And so when we talk about people being baptized, we talk about baptism by immersion, going under the water. And the word baptized in the Holy Spirit is the word baptizo, which means to submerge and hold under. 
an interesting way to think about this is there was a, a Greek poet who was also, he was a Greek poet, but he was also a doctor and apparently a cook. So very interesting person, all right? His name was Nicander, and he wrote a recipe back in 200 BC for making pickles, all right? I love this guy, all right? It's like, if this, this guy probably would have like a million followers on YouTube today, all right? So he makes this recipe for making pickles, and he uses the word bapto in baptizo, okay? And he says, okay, first you're going to boil water, and you're going to bapto the pickle, which, or with the cucumber in this case. You're going to dip it in, take it out. But then you're going to have vinegar, and you're going to baptizo the cucumber and vinegar. Which, what's that going to do? That means to immerse, to bring about change. So what happens? That's what actually makes the change in the cucumber to make it a pickle. The word for baptized in the Holy Spirit is baptizo, okay? So basically, you need to get pickled, all right? You need to be put in the vinegar, and then until there's a change, you just need to stay down there. And I'll tell you all of that to help you understand what Jesus is saying. We can go back to that scripture. He said, you heard from me, John baptized you with water, but you need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Some of you, this is why being baptized in the Holy Spirit is so important for you. Because you need God to fill you with the Holy Spirit to change you. You will never be who God called you to be until he baptizes you in fire, just like Jesus said. Some of you are trying to figure out, well, I don't know how I could ever be bold. I'm not a very outgoing person. Well, I don't know how I could ever pray for somebody to be healed. I don't ever seem to have power. It's because you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And some of you are here and you're like, well, I feel like I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but I don't see a lot of power in my life. You need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. Because there's the initial physical, physical evidence of tongues, but then there's the ultimate evidence of power. And sometimes we so get our understanding in the way of what God would want to do. Some of you are trying to figure it out. You're like, well, when I understand tongues, then I'll be ready. You don't have to understand it for it to be good for you. In fact, even Paul said, when I speak in tongues, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. But yet he's strengthened in his inner man because he's speaking in his heavenly language. And I just want to encourage you tonight. You don't have to understand all of how the Holy Spirit works to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you desperately need it. In fact, you will never understand how all the Holy Spirit works. But when you say, God, I believe because you said it, I want it. And God, I'm going for it. You're going to experience a life-changing power that will take you beyond what you ever thought you could do on your own. It will change you. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because of what it does in you and what he does in you. I want to read you this quote from Billy Graham. It says this. Billy Graham, filled with the Holy Spirit, wrote a book called The Holy Spirit. Look at what he says. I'm convinced that to be filled with the Spirit is not an option, but a necessity. It's indispensable for the abundant life for fruitful service. The Spirit-filled life is not, an, is not abnormal. It is the normal Christian life. Anything less is subnormal. It's less than what God wants and provides for his children. Therefore, to be filled with the Spirit should never be thought of as an unusual or unique experience for or, for, or known by only a select few. It is intended for all, 
needed by all, available to all. And that's why the scripture commands all of us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not an option for you. You need it, and it will change your life. Three, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can fulfill God's purpose. Our lives should look like the book of Acts. It's not, all throughout the book of Acts, it's not even a select few individuals in the book of Acts where you see the power of God working. You see Stephen filled with the Holy Spirit. You see Philip filled with the Holy Spirit. You see Paul filled with the Holy Spirit and power accompanying their life. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The word is dunamis, that we get our word dynamite for it. Some of you have heard that before and you're like, yeah, that's great, power. Yet do you have power in your life? Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Because if not, you need to go back and say, you need this power to be a witness. You need this power to see what God wants to do in your life. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to up, stand up against opposition. To, say, to have the boldness to go up to somebody you don't know in the mall and say, hey, can I pray for you? To have the boldness at work when somebody has opposition against the gospel to say, you know what, I'm going to stand and I'm going to be bold and not just through what I do, through what I say and through power, power to see people healed. The only way that happens is if you're full of the Holy Spirit. Mighty power, miracle working power is what this word means. When you see it in the book of Acts, it can it mean miracle power. You know, the initial physical evidence, I'll say this again, is, is important, but it's not a substitute for the ultimate evidence, which is power. Jesus didn't say you will receive tongues when you receive the Holy Spirit and be my witnesses. We see that in the book of Acts, the initial physical evidence. But what Jesus said you'll have and how you'll know you'll fill to the Holy Spirit is when you have power for boldness to speak to anybody at any time, anywhere. And when you have power to pray for people and you actually see results because you're full of the Holy Spirit, you need power. I need power. As a church, we need power to see what God wants to do. In Acts 13, we're, we're going to see this as we get farther in Acts 13. The disciples face opposition, and they need power. So what happens? Look at it. And the disciples were filled with joy in the Holy Spirit as they faced opposition. So these are the same disciples that had been filled in Acts 4, that had been filled in Acts chapter 2, and they're filled again in Acts chapter 13. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're like, ah, I've done that. Do you have power? Are you full today? Because if you're not, you need to be refilled with the Holy Spirit. And then once again, look at the results of what happens. Acts 14, Paul and Barnabas went to the Jewish synagogue and preached with such power that a great number of Jews and Greeks became believers. They're undeterred by opposition, and people are coming to know Jesus. Look at the, the following verse in verse 3. But the apostles stayed there a long time, preaching boldly about the grace of the Lord. And the Lord proved their message was true by giving them power to do miracles and signs and wonders. You get power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You need power to be who God's calling you to be, to share Jesus, to not be intimidated, to live a life that Jesus calls you to live, to be a kingdom builder. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. And here's the great thing as we get ready to pray, and we're going to pray in a moment, that it's a promise. That you, all you have to do is receive the promise and say, Lord, I received that. God, I want that. God, my expectation is built. God, I believe you're going to give it to me. If we're going to seek the Holy Spirit, what does that 
look like? How does it look to ask God for the Holy Spirit? How does it look to be filled with the Holy Spirit? I think this quote really brings it to life. It's by Donald Gee from the Pentecostal Experience. Look at what he says. In John 7, Jesus said, drink. That action is very simple. For we drink every day to quench our thirst. It is the first thing a newborn learns to do. Drinking does, however, require some action and effort on our part. Drinking is an act of the will. It's exactly the same in the spiritual sense. It seems so simple and yet marks the point where many stumble and fall and fail to enter into the spiritual experience for which their souls long. They expect their thirst to be quenched without their own act of drinking. The gift has already been promised and is therefore ours for the taking from the hand of him who loves to give good gifts to his children. We ought not to wrestle and work to receive the Holy Spirit. We may know believers who have come that way or may hear testimonies that rung along that line, but the reason for the struggle resided somewhere in the recipients and not in the giver. Peter says it is receiving a gift. Nothing should be more simple and more wholly delightful than that. And I read that to you because oftentimes maybe you've struggled, maybe you've thought, I'm not sure how this works for me. It's a gift. It's simple. And I just pray as you hear that, that the Holy Spirit's already working in your heart to put you in the posture of a, of a receiver.